0: Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy. Discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. All right. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Randy, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing awesome. How are you doing, Jake?
0: Well, I got my cup of coffee here, so I'm uh, getting amped up. Awesome. So today we're talking with uh, James Wiseman. So um, how are you doing, James? Pretty good. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for joining us. So um, one of the things that I'm uh, very curious to talk to you about is the uh, Spread the Jam project, the uh, freestyle frisbee videos that you've been posting up on YouTube. Um, I know a little bit about uh, where that came from, but I've never really heard it from you. And so, I'll kind of, I guess I have a lot of conjecture, but no actual data. So, tell me, James, why did you start the Spread the Jam project?
2: So, I think the real beginning is actually from the first day I ever saw Freestyle. So, I ran into Daniel Nell in the Park, saw Freestyle for the first time, and I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And I remember I raced home to my best friend's house. And YouTube had just, I don't know if it had just started, but we had just kind of figured out that that was a thing that was happening. So we got his computer and I was like, oh, you are not gonna believe this when I show it to you. Go onto YouTube, type in freestyle frisbee. And the first video that comes up, if I'm being totally honest at the time, and that video comes on, it's this super cheesy, embarrassed that I'm showing this to my friend, this thing that I was really excited about. Everything we find is kind of a little bit dorky
0: was it the looks of the people that turned you off or was it what they were doing that you didn't understand?
2: I mean, I think it was a little bit of everything. Like when you don't have any context and you just load it up and I, you know, I didn't really know about the fingernail thing yet. So that was sort of freaking me out. And, you know, there are really cool moves, but there are also moves that are kind of awkward or at least difficult to execute. And I don't know, everyone, it just looked like a totally different demographic. You know, I was 18 at the time and, Everyone, you know, looked like in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. And I guess, you know, when I first saw it, I expected what I would see would be a kind of Red Bull GoPro type thing. Um, I don't know if, you know, at the time, that's what I was thinking, but I, I imagined something like that, like really young people doing really cool things in cool places. And I think more than the fact that I thought the videos weren't that cool, I think it really came from, it being a disappointment of my expectation. Like I thought it would be young people doing really crazy acrobatic stuff. And maybe part of it is I thought, oh, I just saw these random people in the park. Whatever they're doing must be the low level and there must be some really high world-class level that I don't know about.
1: And so how long did you did you sit and watch? Did you watch for 15 minutes, half an hour, or did you just get a quick glance and you're like, oh, that's cool, and then go search it?
2: Well, probably 15 minutes or so because I I actually went up to them because I was going to ask them to play an ultimate game we were going to do in the park, which obviously they were not interested in. But I I had, you know, like 15 or 20 minutes before the game started and I watched for a while and I asked them to kind of explain it to me and they showed me some stuff. And I think Dan even gave me a disc and his phone number and said, just call me, you know, anytime you want to do this. So I started before every Ultimate game, I would just call him and we'd meet, you know, an hour early and I'd start doing it. It'll be something fun to do before everyone shows up for the Ultimate game. So I kind of had a slow start. It was very gradual. I, mean, I as a drummer for a really long time and, you know, I was putting in a lot of hours into that. And when I finally kind of decided that's not what I wanted to do, suddenly I felt like I had all this free time. And coincidentally, a lot of my music friends would play Ultimate in the free time. So that's just sort of what I naturally started doing with all my extra former drum time. And so I've been playing like a couple years maybe, and I was starting to get really into it and I don't know if I was any good or anything, you know, we were just playing with our friends, but uh, I definitely was a 18 year old who with a lot of free time. So when yeah, I saw nice. ultimate, it really, or when I saw freestyle, I really thought like that's something, you know, I could put a couple hours in each week too.
1: Okay, so cool. So you saw Dan. Sorry, I just wanted to kind of get a little context there. So you saw Dan. You're like, this is cool. You go online. You see some some YouTube stuff that the production quality isn't really that intriguing. And you're like, well, wait a second. This isn't quite what I was expecting to find. So now you're on to your more of your spread the jam project story.
2: Yeah, okay. So maybe this is all more than you wanted to know. But the next stage in it was 2012. I was living in Prague. And Tom Leitner invited me to go to Costa Brava, Spain with him to do some freestyle demos. And at the time, and st- I mean, still now, but especially then, the idea that Tom Leitner wanted me to do any freestyle thing with him was just the greatest honor. Like, this guy was a god to me. My favorite video, maybe still now, is the Guidus Beach video with him, Mikey, and Skippy. So I was really excited about this. But... Daniel O'Neill gave me one piece of advice when I left Austin to move to New York, and it made no sense to me at the time, because I didn't know who he was talking about, and it just seemed like a really weird thing to say, but he was like, if you ever meet someone named Tom Leitner, whatever you do, don't follow him anywhere. So that was in the back of my head, like, what is going on? Like, what's going to happen if I follow Tom Leitner, not just, you know, at a tournament, but go to this whole city with him and spend a week with him. But I flew out there and it was me, Greg, Tom Leitner, and they were doing this, I guess, ultimate tournament. and We were doing exhibitions there. And Tom really like took me under his wing and we were jamming, I don't know, like six plus hours a day. And Tom Leitner would film everything. He had, you know, Tom Leitner saw this kind of tiny little crappy camera And he would, you know, put it on and film for hours. And each night he'd come back to the hotel and he would lay out all the footage in front of me. And we would just sort of talk about what I was doing well and what I needed to work on. And I learned so much so quickly doing this. And he gave me all the video and said, if you want, you can make, you know, a a jam video out of this. So and in I the back got, of
1: your mind, you're going, don't follow Tom Leitner anywhere." <laughs> don't follow
2: Tom Leitner, but so far, so good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I made a video on whatever program my computer had, and I realized that not only was I learning a lot about freestyle by doing this, but I actually loved the process of making a video. I thought it was just really cool to kind of go from this big old mess of footage and try and make something, you know, unique and exciting to watch. So that's when I really thought, like, okay, well, like, maybe uh, I could be involved in trying to put out more content and better content. Um, at that point, I think I'd watched every freestyle video on YouTube, and I was just sort of running out of things to, to watch and think about. So I had a friend in California who I went to high school with who is a professional film director. And I thought if we gave him a free trip to New York, he might be interested in shooting some some videos. So I asked the FPA for some spread the jam money and we used it for, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, getting Jordan out there, getting some equipment, getting all, Getting I think we had some advertising space that we got that we tried to use. And Jordan kind of just showed me how to make videos, how to kind of find some place that you're probably not supposed to be that has a cool view or interesting setting. And we did some cool stuff, you know. Uh, they're not necessarily the... Best freestyle videos, you know. Dan and I really weren't that good at that time. We were definitely still developing, but I always, I still thought they were really cool and really accessible to people because they were. A lot of them had like sort of slow mo moments, and I've had some people writing me lately about how slow mo is really helpful for newer players and new people to kind of figure out and see what's going on. And I just thought, you know, we're not, you know, like the coolest guys in town, but it's better for someone who's never seen the sport before to see more young people involved in it.
1: Yeah. So, well, I actually, I would totally say that that was successful on that, on that level, because whenever I show people, new people, any stuff online, I'll show them one of the spread the jam projects because it, just like you say, it's really accessible and it's production qualities are good. And it's just not, you know, a couple of people out there jamming and doing whatever. So I think that really worked
2: make the rest of the story short, I really fell in love with it then, just the process of making video. And I sat there with Jordan at every step of the way and sort of watched what he was doing and tried to figure out how it worked. And I went out and bought a camera and just started trying to do it. And it was definitely a slow start. It took me a while to kind of get the hang of it. I still have a lot I really need to learn and want to learn. But one thing I remember that was sort of funny was, I guess, I don't even remember this, but I guess at some point, I told Ryan that I was interested in getting my own camera and trying it, trying it myself. And Ryan just went out and bought, you know, like the nicest consumer camera you could possibly get and started learning how to use it in detail. And I, and, you know, since then, Ryan and I filmed lots of stuff. And I always thought Ryan was always interested in doing video and I'd already had a background in it because he just knew so much about how cameras worked and his footage was always so much better than what I could do. But Ryan had just, you know, heard me talking about it at dinner, and being Ryan, you know, he always is looking for ways to help, and really is really someone who just takes action. And he just went and did it, and learned everything, and he's been super invaluable in helping me get footage and, and make things look nice.
1: So, Jake, did you also feel like the Spread the Jam projects were valuable for you in showing folks? Do you find that's your your go to when showing folks?
0: Yeah, no question. Um, especially people say, people ask me, you know, what is this freestyle thing? Show me a video of you doing it. video that I always show them now is the Spread the Jam video of me on the beach.
2: Yeah, that's one of my favorite.
0: In the past, I would show them a routine and they would watch for 30 seconds or so and then they would be like, oh, that's nice, and that'd be the end. They watched the Spread the Jam video to the end and they're way more fired up.
2: Jake's actually made it to the top of Reddit, which is an interesting... That's I've never had that happen before Before or since.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what was different about mine that made that happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, one thing I should say is I don't necessarily consider the Spread the Gym project a success. I really hoped that we'd get you know one sort of truly viral video. And I also hoped that I would meet players who had started playing because they had seen one of those videos. Which hasn't really happened yet, but you know, I'm still happy with what it's done. I think, like you said, there are lots of uses for the videos, and every now and then, the way I license them, they pop up on a news channel or something because anyone can use them without having to even talk to me. So I think they've definitely reached people, and maybe at least more people know about it than they would otherwise.
1: I feel like it wasn't a success because of that last part—that not more players. You haven't seen—you haven't seen that conversion of new. Yeah. Players.
2: I mean, the conversion part definitely matters to me because, you know, that ultimately was the goal. Like, I I know I've talked to you about this before, Randy, but the reason I want to spread the jam is because I really just want more people to play with. I think like a lot of people who do other things don't realize how they're lo- how lucky they are. You can be a soccer player or an ultimate player, and you can just walk to a park and have a pretty good chance that you're just going to run into a group of strangers doing something that you love to do and are likely to invite you to join them but in freestyle i really daydream about a moment where i'm walking and i just run into people freestyling who i've never seen before and have no idea who i am and i can just be like oh can i play and they say well like do you even know what you're doing like that would be the coolest moment right. but i don't know yeah. if that'll ever happen
1: i know i mean i love that idea too that that we could just go to any park anywhere and there would be somebody to hook up with. It's
2: yeah, I Jake, mean, I don't know what the last, the last step is to really convert someone, but hope someone figures it out.
1: I think we've kind of we've all talked about it a lot. So, Jake, what do you think that spark could be beyond just so somebody sees it and they, you know, they like, oh, wow, that's really cool. And then that's it. We can't get them to go further. What do you see as, a, as the spark that we're missing?
0: I don't know that there is one thing that is the thing that will make people convert. I think some people just see it and it's magical to them and other people see it and they are interested. I think it's cool, but they just don't have the same hook that three of us have. Right. So I think the more people that see it, the more people who have the potential might get hooked. But I also think the other, the other thing that might be missing is, Okay, the video goes viral. I see it. I think it's great. Now what? Is there anybody around me who can teach me? Who am I going to go right. play with? Right. So having, having, I mean, it's almost like chicken and egg. You have to have more people yep. around to, to play with so that you can learn.
1: Right. We have to get the momentum, that tipping point to where somebody sees it and they like go, oh, yeah, I remember seeing those people out at the park. I'm going to go hook up with them. They don't even, they don't have that next part. <laughs>
0: Right. And That's I bet really, you, at all three of us, if we, like James was talking about well, how he learned, he saw Dan Yarnell and Dan said, oh, just call me anytime. You know, right. pretty much the same thing happened to me. I saw Mike Esterbrook and he gave me his number and said, oh, we're always at the park every Wednesday. Come come play.
1: You know, but and, and to just kind of keep riffing on that, I, I'm trying to think of, like, how many people have I actually converted? It almost sounds like it's a cult or something, but I can maybe... Say that I've converted three people, and I've been playing for forty years, and it's not for lack of trying. So there, there's it's like a combination of things of of like getting enough exposure, folks being able to see enough people doing it to where they don't think folks are just showing off or they're way out of their league. And
0: yeah, Yeah. I would circle back to the spread the Jam project as part of that process because you know as James was saying, he looks at the videos, but if you have a bunch of videos of young kids doing. Cool things and cool spaces, then maybe it seems more accessible.
2: I mean, I should reiterate, I don't wanna seem like just some shallow jerk, but you just have to think about someone who has never seen it before and doesn't know whether or not it's something they love and they just look at it for the first time in a vacuum, they don't know who those people are. It just sort of looks like strangers and if there's not some immediate appeal to it, it's hard it's hard to follow through. You know, at the time it just it didn't really click with me in the same way that you know some some other sports that are presented in a different way might click with with young people well you know what I think a lot is I think a lot about skateboarding because skateboarding has a lot of the same issues that we have in terms of being really really difficult to learn and it's often really hard to look cool while you do it while you're learning and I just think that skateboarding got really lucky in that you really need someone with exceptional skills to show its potential. But if you look up skateboarding on YouTube, I bet you the first thousand videos are world-class skaters doing the craziest things you've ever seen, even though the vast majority of people skateboarding in daily life are really just trying to get in the air without falling down. it's What, you know, I what see do you think it
1: was? So what do you think, think that they got lucky when you say skateboarding got lucky? What do you think that is?
2: What do you mean? I don't know. You know, I haven't watched it in a while. But there's there's a really good documentary called I think it's there's a movie and a documentary, but I think the documentary is called Dogtown or Dogtown and Ski Boys. Yep. And yep. I guess what happened was skateboarding was sort of an offshoot of surfing. So people who skateboarded were people who would be surfing, but the weather wasn't good or the, or the tide or the waves weren't right. So they would skateboard in their free time. So I think already that gave skateboarding a little bit of advantage because it already had a pool of people who couldn't always do what they wanted to do. And it provided a, a ready substitute for it. I mean, you might say we have ultimate, but you know, I think you can always, you know, toss with somebody. Um, but so I think that helped it to begin with. And then, I don't know, the rest is sort of that tipping point philosophy of you know just a lot of really lucky things must have happened to make it really go over the edge. But I think part of it is you need a few people who can really show its potential so that other people can see where they can take it once they get past all the difficulty. And I think that's part of what I needed when I was first starting and that I didn't get right away is I didn't see someone who was young that I could sort of see like, Oh, like that could be me. I could, I could be 25 and really good at this, who was doing things that I really wanted to be able to do. Someone who I actually take a lot of inspiration of that is a skateboarder or inspiration from is Rodney Mullen, who if you've never seen him before. He skates in the really old style. He doesn't really, maybe he does now, but at the time, he didn't do, like, the ramps and the big extreme tricks. He did everything on the ground. But he really took it to a level that I've never seen anyone else do. And I thought it was, and still is, some of the coolest I've ever seen. And I try and think about that a little bit when I freestyle. I, I think I
0: saw that documentary. Is that, So that was where they were draining the pools so yeah. that they could go do the... yeah simulated waves right and then i
2: think there's a second one too so i might be mixing them a little bit rodney one might be featured more heavily in the second one one thing i
0: remember about the, the first one that i saw was there were really no skateboarding there were skateboarding competitions way in the past and then there weren't any for many years and then somebody decided to bring it back and so the very first competition where skateboarding competitions came back the judging was all set up for the old style where people didn't get off the ground and they didn't ride curves and they just would do handstands and, and poses on the boards. And Mm -hmm. so these, these guys came with their completely different style and the, the judging system had no way to comprehend it.
1: It's funny. I remember seeing Dogtown and thinking there was just a lot of correlation between the skateboarding community and the frisbee community and how there was different styles and, and different, um, different ways of approaching what what they thought was the 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 best
0: i guess my last question would be what do you see as the future of your video making james are you going to keep doing it and
2: yeah i mean i think so but i think right now it's sort of for myself more than anybody i think if people stopped watching them and were tired of it i don't think i would stop i think i would just keep doing it i i really find it rewarding and I'll just learn so much every time and you know at this point it's just for me and you know if other people want to do other things I I want them to because I want to watch those but it's just a personal project now and
1: so James thank you for sharing your your story about spread the jam and how it got started and and uh I I love that you're pushing the envelope with this whole video world and and also just with your game so thank you so much for joining us
2: yeah thanks Randy
0: for coming on james and um also i just want to say thanks for doing everything that you're doing for the sport because um i really think the spread the jam videos and your study tapes have helped expand the number of players expand the sport expand exposure i don't know i just i think things are changing and happening and the sport is growing and a lot of it is because of your input
2: thank you appreciate it
0: Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, check out our website at
2: frisbeeguru.com. Oh, yeah!